Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Who Did Talk. Uh, it's our bi-week special. Um, instead of going over the Bengals, we're going to go, go through a little bit of the news for the Bengals, and then we're going to address some prospects and go around the NFL a little bit. So, um, with that, Braden, do you have anything you want to talk about, about around the NFL first? or? Uh, actually, I first want to talk about the unrealistic chances of signing either Bruce Irvin or Des Bryant. I say Des Bryant, but I just got notified about 20 minutes ago he's on a visit to the Saints, so yeah. rip that. But I'm just speaking hypothetical here. I really wish the Bengals would sign Des Bryant. First, the idea first came up a couple weeks ago when Ross got hurt. I kind of turned down that idea just because I didn't think it would help us long-term once Ross comes back and the whole attitude Bryant brings. But at this point, we're helpless. Uh, A.J. Green, he's out for at least two games. I imagine it's going to be more because we kind of got the same thing with Billy Price. So, minimum two games, and we'll reevaluate, and we know how that went. Yeah, right now it does look like John Ross is going to be playing next week. A.J. Green, for those of you who have not heard, is out for at least two weeks uh, with a toe injury. Um, It's not not anything too serious. Surgery will not be needed. But – and I kind of agree. So when John Ross got hurt, I I wasn't really on board with signing Des just because AJ Green is our big receiver. We didn't really need another receiver. We needed a fast receiver. But now that AJ Green, our big guy, is hurt, it makes a little more sense to sign Des. Now, from my standpoint, if I was the coach of the Bengals, or I, not the coach, if I was the GM of the Bengals, and I still had to keep Marvin, obviously, I wouldn't sign Des because I don't think Des is going to make or break us. I think we're. I don't think we're going to. This I don't think we're going to – I don't know. I think that Dez won't, isn't the kind of guy that is a difference maker at this point in his career. Um, that being said, it makes more sense to sign Dez now than it did when John Ross was hurting. We saw it, AJ. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's kind of an eh thing for me. But yeah. I'm more excited about the Bruce Irvin thing. I don't think that's going to happen, obviously, but – Bruce Irvin makes a lot more sense to me just because Carl Lawson was our most productive pass rusher. Bruce Irvin brings that to any team he's on. Yes, he's a little bit on the older side, but I still think he can be very productive. Yeah, for sure. And I I knew as soon as the the Raiders <clears throat> cut him, I immediately, immediately talked about him. He's a great fit in this defense. We see Terry Lawson, for whatever reason, likes to drop back Hubbard. He likes to drop back Dunlap. Well, Irvin, some of his best games were when he was in the 3-4 Seattle. And I know we run the 4-3. His hand would be in the ground. But he can drop back into coverage, and he's pretty good in coverage. So I think whenever Austin does want to run that, Irvin would excel in that. And He would be in that Carl Lawson role. He'd pretty much take every single snap Carl Lawson was taking. He'd be that – they like him as a outside a rushing like outside linebacker jack as they call it, but um, he's gonna technically be on the line, but I don't know, I don't think it's gonna happen obviously, but I mean it's fun to think about. Um, we can dream. some other things. I, I believe Billy Price is expected back next week. Yeah, based off the practice report, he was practicing. Yeah, so that's a good sign. We can look for uh, Trey Hopkins to possibly move to right guard. Just please not uh, right in. At least it's not Redmond, yeah. And Trey Hopkins held his own at center. I mean, he's definitely an above-average center. And hopefully that translates to guard. And maybe we can pull out a somewhat decent offensive line this year. Uh, We're definitely going to need it without AJ. We're going to have to pound the run. We're going to have to pound the rock. Uh, You know, if we even have a chance next week. 
against the <laughs> against the Saints. I, I mean, I thought this was full disclosure. I think we're gonna we're gonna get killed. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a repeat of the Chiefs. Not, not the Chiefs. Sorry. Yeah, actually, yeah, it was the Chiefs. It's gonna be a repeat of the Chiefs. Um, I just don't think we stand much of a chance, especially without. Yeah, like, I didn't think we we're gonna win in the first place, but not having the excellent offense offense against the Saints, whose offense is going to destroy our defense. It's no chance at this point. Yeah, and Saints just dropped 45 on the Rams, and I know Rams don't have the best defense, but their defense is above average. I think it's safe to say they're a little better than us. So, and their, their linebackers are, aren't very good, but they're also a lot better than ours. And, I mean, it's going to be scary. I, we could see Kamara and Ingram both go for over 150 total yards. It wouldn't shock me. Uh, it's going to be ugly, guys. It's, it's going to be very ugly. But, um, off of the Bengals, around the NFL, Steelers beat the Ravens this week. Steelers are now solely top of the division. Uh, I believe they were last week as well. Sorry. But um, they're more – I think they're 5-2 and two and 1. We're 5-3. and three. So they're a half game ahead of us. Um, Ravens are in third place. I believe they're – 4-5. and 4-5. and five. Yeah, 4-5. and five. Uh, Browns are 2-whatever. and whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, and we have a little bit of catching up to do on the Steelers. Um, we're not, we're probably not going to win that matchup against them. So, we're going to have to beat them indirectly by winning the games that we don't play against them uh, or go for the wild card. Um, another thing around the NFL, it was implied by a Le'Veon Bell tweet that he will be reporting. Uh, he left Miami, which is where he resides. And everyone's kind of assuming he's going, he's on his way to Pittsburgh to sign the contract. And also, the Steelers released that they're considering transition tagging him for the 2019 season, which essentially means a franchise tag is uh, you have exclusive rights or so an exclusive franchise tag is you have exclusive rights. No one else can touch him. Non-exclusive is uh, someone can touch him if they want to pay you two first round picks. And both of those, the money on those two contracts are both the average of the top five uh, players in the league or the top five highest paid players at the position in the league or 30% more than what you made last year, whichever is higher. And then for the transition tag, it's a, I think it's one first round pick and then the average of the top 10 highest paid players at that position. So it would end up being around 9 million a year and they're thinking about doing that and they'd play him mostly at wide receiver if they did that is what I've been told. But um, that'd be interesting. It'd be, Kind of scary on the Bengals' part, but honestly, I think at least for this season, Bell coming back is going to create a lot of drama. As Steelers' offensive line have made it clear, they are very frustrated, and Bell just isn't going to be able to walk in there and say, hey, "What's up, guys?" and everything's just not going to be cool. So, who knows if that like actually affect them? But we know that the Steelers are a team that drama has killed them in the past. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to affect the, our matchup versus the Steelers, but I do think it's going to affect them long term. I don't think they're going to make very far in the playoffs. Their defense just isn't there. Uh, Big Ben is kind of erratic um, when he's on the road. I just same old Steelers, just like the same old Bengals. They'll get, they'll probably get past the first round, but they're not going to get much farther past that. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, Saints beat the Rams, forty-five thirty-five. Um, Chiefs beat the Browns, but Browns held their own better, much better than we did. 
Yeah, they definitely did. Um, yeah, it's a one o'clock game. I believe Dallas is playing. Or Dallas is playing Tennessee yep. right now. I believe they're up six. Mari Cooper had a touchdown. Yeah, he did six seven nothing. Um, yeah, that was. I have him in one of my fantasy leagues, so that's good for me. But um, other than that, uh, you want to move on to some prospects? Absolutely. Let's get to it. We did interior offensive linemen this week. Yeah, we did a little more just because we didn't have a Bengals game to talk about. I think we did like five. I did a little more just because I, I had to do some anyway for my uh, top 50 that's going to be released here in like a week now, actually. Um, so... Who do you want to start? Well, let's with? start with J- Jake Hansen, Jake Oregon. Hansen. So I'm gonna pull him up real quick, and he is the center for Oregon, and he has a lot of pros. But I want to talk about some cons that really bother me. First is one that just killed me was the f- the defensive line. Anytime they kind of just blitz in the A gap and not directly head on, he just seemed to miss them. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's bad footwork. It was just he was always getting beat and he never adjusted and and just quick defenders in general are going to hurt him in the NFL. He's a yeah, I agree. he's a very strong guy. He I think he mirrors well, but he's he's aggressive sometimes, even overly aggressive, and that can also hurt him. Yeah, I know. I noticed, like we said, I think his uh, his feet are a bit slow and his get off is inconsistent, and that kind of can lead him to being vulnerable vulnerable versus a speed rush. Uh, and like you said about the a gap, I kind of addressed it in a different way, but I think his biggest issue is not attacking body mass of defenders at the line of scrimmage uh, versus the run because he kind of ends up he he takes a bad angle of attack and he goes for one side or the other. He doesn't really go for the body mass, and that kind of lets them push him aside a little bit more and just get pancake. Not, not pancake because that's kind of <laughs> – not pancake because that's what offensive linemen do to defensive linemen, but defensive linemen can push him to the ground. And uh, it's he's just kind of – he doesn't really have good leverage there as well. He kind of reaches, and that's his. That's the main issue I've had with, I've had with him. Uh, some pros, though, I was – I think he's a very similar player to Tyler – be it as. No, I agree. The only thing that's different with him is Jake Hansen. He's very good about, other than that situation I just uh, talked about, he's very good about staying on his feet where Tyler is, Tyler is kind of always on his ass. Uh, and other than that, Tyler is a great player. I mean, I have early second round. They're, both of them are, they're 1A and 1B at offensive guard. Both have early second round grades for me. Um, I think, they're both elite pass blockers. Um, they're very aware, uh, especially Jake Hansen. He's very aware. He has very good technique and footwork, but his feet are kind of a bit slow. Um, he's all right at directing, redirecting defenders versus a run. And he's, I think he's a little more powerful than Tyler, don't you think? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Tyler is more of like a zone guy, where whereas uh, Jake would probably be more of a power scheme guy, but I think they could both – they're scheme independent pretty much. They can go anywhere. So, you just want to move on to Tyler since we kind of – I kind of included him a yeah, little bit. Yeah, let's talk about him. I Like you said, I very similar, a lot of a lot of similar traits, and you kind of hit what I was going to talk about, how he's always on the ground. It really annoys me, and, the, like, that – it just pops out. Like, it's – he just – 
I don't know how to explain it other than he's just always on the ground, like we just said. Yeah, he's he's always on the ground, and I don't. I'm I'm just gonna read off my whole uh, overall profile on him. Uh, he's an elite pass blocker who doesn't give up on he doesn't give up any ground versus the pass or the run. Uh, great pad level and leverage. He's always looking for work and helping out teammates in the pass or versus the sorry in pass protection. And he's a very aware guy. Uh, like I said, elite pass blocker. Great anchor versus the run. He always knows what hole is going to be hit. And that's what I like best about him. He's very aware of what hole the running back's going to hit and where the running back is, even though the ba- his back is to the running back. And that's his best thing. He creates holes. Uh, he's probably the best I've seen at redirecting the uh, defender to create holes you can drive a truck through. And uh, he's that he's just so great at creating those lanes. And I, that's what I love most about this guy. Uh I think he would be great for the Bengals. Uh, even though he kind of ends up on the ground a lot, he's an elite pass blocker. And at the line of scrimmage, at the point of attack, he's a great run blocker. Um, now, when we get to the second level, that's the issue with him. Uh, that's where he kind of ends up on his butt a lot. Uh, his awareness and athleticism just kind of isn't there in the second level. Uh, he's not really a factor there. But, I mean, as it is right now, you have a guard that, can't get us can't get a running back through a hole at the first level so i think we should worry about the first level more er, a little more than we should worry about the second level um but yeah i mean he's not the most athletic guy kind of lacks arm length and i'm Uh, being really nitpicking this wasn't like a consistent issue but it did happen enough to the point where i want to bring it up is he would let his defenders cross his face on kind of long developing run plays it's it's not really a big issue but something i noticed with the handsy defenders, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I that's what I noticed. Uh, he at the next level, I think he will struggle versus uh, like hand moves. Like, I mean, something Carl Lawson is great with. Now, obviously, Carl Lawson wouldn't be up against him because Lawson plays end and Hanson's a guard or not Hanson. Sorry, Tyler's a guard. But um, that's just kind of just to give you an idea. The more handsy defenders, I think he's going to struggle with at the next level. Uh, like I said, though. Hanson and Biedaz, both early second-round grades for me. Uh, guard one and two, one uh, A and one B. What do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. Let's pick whoever you think fits your scheme a little better. If you if you need one or the other, I mean, but really, if you need a guard, you you can't go wrong with either. It kind of just depends on the scheme. Uh, can't go wrong though, like you said. Um, who do you want to do next? Do you want to do some? Uh, Bo Benchwazel. Yep, and what's up with all these offensive linemen having weird names? Or just draft prospects in general this year with so many weird names. Yeah, I know. It's kind of – I don't – I've I've come across some really weird ones uh, lately. But... <laughs> yeah, I feel like it just gets weirder every year. Yeah, it does. Um, But, yeah, so Bo Benchwazel, what did you have on him? Uh, Well, I, something that I saw is he is pretty aggressive, but that also – allows him to do a lot of reach blocking that caused him to have some holding penalties and he can sometimes struggle with defenders in space. I thought he was not good in space at all. I feel like he was just getting out athleticized, if that's the proper word you want to say. Uh, his footwork, I think, needs some work. He's just not fluent in it. He just, like, if the defender takes a cut one way and then goes the other way, he's going to 
have you beat and he's going to try and reach block for you. I think I think his footwork's fine. It's just he has heavy feet. and that, You see that issue with a lot of offensive linemen, but I think the movement and the technique is there in his feet. I just think it's just a matter of being a little bit quicker with his feet. Um, he played a little bit of center and guard, didn't yep. he? Yeah, I think at the next level, he's going to be a right or a left guard. I don't really think he sticks at center. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's too good in space. Or not good in space. My, I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, I, he's what's not. He's not good in space, but he's a good. He's a good polar. That's yeah. the word. I think he's a great polar. Uh, he shows up. That's where he shows off his strength and power the most. I think uh, he's a great combo blocker. I don't know if you noticed that too, but like you said, he does struggle with reach blocks, and I think that's my biggest issue with him. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about? Um, what did you think about his uh, ability as uh, what was it? I have it, I had it right in my oh yeah as a directional blocker. I don't I didn't I didn't really see it. I didn't see him redirecting defenders that well. I, mean, I didn't see it, but I also didn't like something I need to see more of and probably just pay a lot more attention to. Yeah, like I that. watched the uh, Iowa game, the OSC game, and the Miami game. Yeah, I, I need to. I need to see more just of him who's trying to do it. I wouldn't necessarily call it a weakness yet unless if we keep failing to see it. Yeah, I mean, from an athletic standpoint, I think he's he's pretty good. He's I think he's going to struggle in, like, things like the three-cone drill, um, like the more – the quicker drills, I guess, is the way to put it. Um, other than that, though, the one thing that kind of does worry me is he's 23 years old already. Yeah. And – for, I don't know if he, I don't think he's worth a first round pick in my opinion. Uh, he's more of a he's my he's my third guard. I think he's more of a second rounder, like a mid to late second yeah, rounder. Yeah, late on him, late second on him. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, he's he's a great player. Uh, I think if he came out well, he came out last year. I think he would have ended up a little. He would have fared a little better. But um, so we went through those three. Who else did you uh, look at? Did you look I at? I got Lindstorm. Lindstrom and uh, did you get Pierre's backer or Pierre's yeah, backer? Yeah, I did. Another weird name guy. Yeah. Uh, which one do you want to do? I'll do Lindstrom real quick. There's, I feel Lindstrom's a pretty consistent guy. Uh, I feel like his hips are very tight. Something I did see, uh, he's, his feet can fall behind and I think are also a little heavy and that can allow defenders to uh, knock him back or at least knock him off balance so they can make a play. And then he's inconsistent with staying square. He just – and when he, defenders kind of go around him, he can reach a little. That's something that I really noticed about him. Yeah, I mean, I think when he's – he kind of just kind of guesses where the play is going to be when in run plays at least. I don't think he truly knows the playbook. Uh, when I see him, he's kind of just like blocking a ran- <laughs> in a random direction. And I – He's another, he's another guy who ends up on the ground way too much for my liking. Uh, and he's never really a guy to, like, take on more than, more than one guy and finish a bunch of guys in one play. Uh, his footwork does get erratic when he, like, needs to move and he loses leverage when he's blocking up a second bubble. Um, he's just not really refined at all. Uh, he's kind of – he's raw for me. I know a lot of people think he's, a, like, a first-round guard, and I just – I don't see it with him. He's a, He's a good pass blocker. He has a good base, but, like, overall – he has, he's just kind of raw. I mean, he's 
he's also great at sticking, which is kind of that's a useful trait, obviously. But the only thing that I see that's really refined about him is leverage and in non-reach block situations. Other than that, I mean, good push, I guess. Yeah. Great at the point of attack versus the run. I mean, that's pretty much what I got on him. He played some uh, offensive tackle and offensive guard. He didn't uh, fit very well at offensive tackle. No, I think he's a right guard at the next level for sure. Uh, I mean, right now, I, a lot of people have him as a first-round grade. Currently, I have him as a late third, early fourth. Dang. Mid fourth. I, I mean, I thought I was being harsh with the late second, but I do think he has a d- good amount of upside that will be appealing to NFL teams. I just think that he has too many holes in his game right now, and he's all. I think he's going to be a project. And I don't think for a guard, I don't think you want to take a project day two. I think if you're taking a guard, you kind of want if you're taking a guard a guard day two. You kind of want him to meet a little more refined than Chris's. Um. He's. He, I think he's going to be end up to be a decent player. I just think right now, I just don't think he's where he needs to be as a prospect to warrant a day two selection. Uh, for sure. And what, finish off was Piers Bacher, or however you say his name. Yeah, uh, he played. He played a little bit of center this year. Uh, he played guard in previous years. I think he belongs at left guard in the future. Um, he's. He was a weird. He was a weird guy to, to grade. He, he showed. He flashed very well, and then he also had some very inconsistent, some very inconsistent games. Uh, I mean, he has great hand placement, great pad level, such a good anchor, decent footwork, pretty smooth puller. Uh, he's great versus the hand moves, big body, smart down to a blocker. Um, but he is unbalanced at times, and he's one of those guys that struggles with reach blocks, just like Lindstrom. Yeah, and something else that I saw is. I feel like there are times where he just isn't foul enough. Like, he has a sh- good shot at taking a big hit, maybe knocking linebacker over, but he just kind of just blocks him enough, just enough to get the job done, but he could be a lot more violent in this game. Yeah, I noticed when he gets moving uh, downfield, like in the second level, he that's where his strength really shows. But at the point of attack, I mean, his push is kind of spotty at best. I mean, sometimes he'll get, he'll get a little bit of push in the guy, but – most of the times he's kind of just he's kind of just holding there. He's kind of just holding his ground like a stalemate almost. Um, he's kind of up. He's upright and flat-footed in pass protection too. I kind of forgot about that. Um, he's kind of just I don't know. He it's not, he's really he's an inconsistent player, which makes it hard to grade because like sometimes he his technique and everything is all there, and then sometimes it's just it's not. And that's what that's what's hard about this. So you kind of got to figure out like okay. Who is he truly? A scout's nightmare. Yeah, scout's nightmare for sure. Um, He's somebody I, I think don't I, want the Bengals to draft just because of how inconsistent he is. Well, not only that, I mean, he's. I think he's a guy. He's going to struggle a lot versus the bull rush uh, at the next level. And just because, I mean, even in college, he's struggling a little bit versus the bull rush. He's not getting a push. He's not. He doesn't have that true stopping power. And at the next level, when the guys are stronger, when the defenders are stronger – I think he's going to get knocked back a lot more. And when guys like Geno Atkins line up against him, he's as good as done. Yeah, and I, I had like a mid-third on him. What did you have? He was another guy, late third, early fourth. Yeah, somebody who – I don't, I think he'll go in the third. I, I don't think he's going to be very appealing to teams. 
just because of all that. And that's all we have, right? Yeah, that's all we have. I think he does end up going in the third round, though. Just like I think Lindstrom probably ends up going in the second just because of that potential. But I, I just don't see either of those spots being worthy of – I don't think either of those players are worthy of those spots. But, I mean, yeah, uh, that's pretty much all we got for today, isn't it? Yeah, sh- sh- a little bit of a shorter episode, but no Bengals, so not nearly as much to talk about. Something I do want to say – I forgot to bring it up earlier. I do think the Steelers beating the Ravens does help our playoff chances because realistically we aren't going to win the division, especially with A.J. Green being hurt. So yeah. at this point we need to knock – and Chargers have the fifth seed just about locked up. The only reason they're not division leaders is because they're in the same division as the Chiefs. So we need – we're going to be fighting the Ravens for the sixth spot most likely, and we need the Ravens to lose more so than the Steelers. Yeah, that's – that is definitely something to think about. Um it's it's tough. I think that is a good point. Though. Got, I, in the end, the Steelers winning, as much as I hate to say it, probably was the best for us. And I got roasted for saying that in a fan page group chat with like a thousand people. But a thousand? Yeah, it's a Facebook group chat. Oh, good God. I, it's, I, there's yeah, a lot of dumb people in there. I do not mess with Facebook. I, <laughs> I have notifications off, so. Yeah, I. I Facebook just kind of yeah. I don't really like it. I was just kind of put in it, so I'll sometimes just say some stuff. But yeah, yeah. Uh, what pro- what kind of what position do you want to do next mm-hmm. week? Uh, I was thinking either I don't know, man. Wide receiver, corner. I'm thinking do uh, wide receivers just because I was really hoping it wasn't going to be team need, but Ross isn't producing. Uh, and like we're going to. Malone hasn't stepped up like we've been hoping for. Erickson just isn't going to get it for you. And there's way too many tape fans out there. Like, don't get me wrong. He's a really good catcher, but route running bad, separation bad. Just almost everything that's not catching is bad. And even his catching in the preseason was not great. So I think people need to chill with him. I don't know about that, but yeah, I think the hype is a little bit, he's a little bit too overhyped. Um, on the prospects, is it okay if we do wide receivers the week after next week and then this next week we do uh, cornerbacks just because I have a big midterm on Monday and the wide receivers, I want to take my time on the wide receivers just because there's so many of them. I want to make sure I get them right. And the cornerbacks, I'm, I feel like I'm more strong on that. Do you mind if we yeah. do that? We can do All right, cool. That works. Yeah. Um. So guys like Greedy Williams, uh, Byron Murphy, DeAndre Baker, um, who else is there? There's uh, Amani. Uh, I don't know how there's, to say. His yeah, last there's name somebody with a weird last name that I... Amani Overari or something like that. Yes. Uh, he's he's a great player. I, I have like I believe I have four first round corners right yeah. now. I do need to do a profiles on them, but yeah. I did watch some tape already on them, so it'll be a little easier for me in my midterms. But yeah. Uh, Sounds. Yeah. So we'll yeah we'll get you guys some cornerbacks next week. Uh, Long term. Dre replacements or Denard replacements. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Who day? We'll see you guys next week. Who day?